Well, 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 welcome to A Coach's Perspective. I'm your host, Jenny Hopkins, and we're very excited about our show tonight. So welcome. I'm glad that you are here. This show is presented to you by Great Southern Bank. Great Southern Bank, they are serious about convenience. With nearly 100 banking centers in six states, hundreds of ATMs and mobile and online banking services, you're always in touch with your money. Learn more at greatsouthernbank.com, member FDIC. Other sponsors that we are so grateful for. We love our sponsors and appreciate them so much. They include Highland Dairy, Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance, Bill Grant Ford and Bolivar, Story Construction, West Logging, Greg and Melinda Burnett, and Springfield Yard Cards. All right, so we've got a great show tonight because you know what time of year it is. We've got some holidays coming up, and with the holidays comes holiday tournaments and we are going to be talking about the Pink and White Lady Classic and the Blue and Gold Tournament. So this is a, an exciting show. But before we do that, I want to recap a little bit about last week. Last week, we wrapped up our series. We did a series on ethics and sports. We had coaches panels. We had athletic director panels. We had official panels. And we gave them different scenarios and said, what would you do? What would you do? How would you handle this moral situation? And we got, it was a very interesting. I think I had more comments on this series than any other series we've done. Um, it generates a lot of conversation when you, when you ask those questions. And I, I want to thank last week's guests, Coach Todd Mercer and Kent Thomas. We're both here and we appreciated them. If you want to listen to that episode or any of those from the series, you can go to a coachesperspective.com, listen to it under podcast of previous shows, or you can go to the Apple iTunes podcast. You can go to Spotify, Verbal, and it's now on Helium Satellite Radio on Tuesdays. From 1 to 2 Central Standard Time. All of those are under a coach's perspective. All right, so I want to I introduce my guests to start off with. Um, we're going to talk a little Peak and White Lady Classic. And we have in the studio, um, we have a tournament coordinator, Mike Percival. He's also the girls basketball coach over at Greenwood Laboratory School. Welcome. We're glad you're here, Coach. Glad to be here. And we also have um, on the line with us, we have tur- tournament director, Jason Michael. Thank you, Coach Hopkins, Coach Percival. Coach Percival. We, we're excited to have you here, and we're going to talk a little <laughs> bit about the partnership with Greenwood and Springfield Public Schools bringing this tournament. Um, and then, you know, I wanted to talk blue and gold. And I thought, you know, Darren Taylor does a tremendous job. We've had some wonderful tournament directors in the blue and gold, and Darren Taylor does a great job. But, you know, I was sitting there thinking, who do I know that knows pretty much everything about the blue and gold? since the first tournament and i thought don Luzader, he is here well don west wasn't available so uh <laughs> yeah. because he probably knows even more than i do and really who knows more than either one of us is robert vestal and Absolutely. i'll get to talking about robert and his yes. book uh, when it's time to talk about the blue and gold but jenny thanks for having me back on always love doing your show well we've got some fun facts put together and we have um got a lot of history that we're going to talk about with both of these tournaments i mean it is just that time of year it's just you have your Christmas, you have your celebration, you have your family time. And then another tradition of the holidays has really become going to these tournaments. And we're, we're so thrilled um, to be able to have this. The Peak and White actually started in 1972-73 uh, school year. And it was started by Dr. Jim Jester uh, from Greenwood Laboratory School. He wanted to mirror the Peak and White and give an opportunity for girls to have a tournament, a holiday tournament. So the Peak and White, it was um, going strong. Um, and then the... Lady Classic started, and when the Lady Classic started, it started in um, by Dr. Edsel Matthews, um, and he wanted to have a tournament to kind of mirror the, 
Bass Pro Tournament of Champions. And so, um, you know, it, it was, these were two strong tournaments, great tournaments, but they were running at the same time. And so Mark Fisher, and who was the Lady Classic Tournament Director at the time, Kent Hedgepath, who was the Pink and White Tournament Director at the time, got together and said, why don't we merge and make this a super tournament? And so 10 years later, and it is rolling. And so now, Jason, Michael, you have um, the task of putting a lot of the logistics together with the help of Darren Taylor and Mike Percival and Josh Scott. Um, it's a team effort. Um, but I know a lot of the logistics are on your shoulders. And so, you know, one of the flavors of the um, Lady Classic was to have out-of-town teams like the Tournament of Champions, um, right. you know, in. And so we kept that flavor when when the tournaments merged and we have um, two out-of-town teams uh, that are coming into the tournament. Can you tell us a little bit about the two teams that will be at the Pink and White Lady Classic this year? Yeah, you bet. We have uh, Cabot, Arkansas Lady Panthers. Uh, they are in the... Uh, Little Rock area, uh, a little bit uh, north of the city there, and uh, they are a class six out of seven schools in, in Arkansas. They've got, um, I think, about 2,200 student enrollments. Um, their coach is Jay Cook, and he's been coaching in Arkansas quite a long time. He was at Paragould, Arkansas before that, and won a couple of state championships. And uh, it's a really strong program. If anybody knows anything about Arkansas uh, and their, their girls' basketball programs, they know that the Little Rock area. Uh, with, you know, Fort Smith and uh, North Little Rock and some of those other schools is really strong. So we're excited that that Cabot High School is coming up here this year. And then uh, Georgetown, Texas, uh, the Lady Eagles are coming up. They are just north of Austin. So they've got about a nine and a half hour drive. I think there's about 1,900 or so students, close to 2,000 uh, there. And they're in the second largest class in Arkansas, I believe they're, or Texas, excuse me, I believe they're a class five school. And they're led by Rhonda Farney, and she's got quite a story all on her own. This is her 46th year coaching. She is uh, currently uh, has over 1,200 career, in, career wins and is one of the winningest high school coaches, boys or girls, in the history of high school basketball in the United States. So we are really excited to have both of those teams coming up for the peak and white. Will she be doing any kind of clinic while she's here? <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> really? I just want to sit down and talk to her. We need Absolutely. to take advantage of, of having someone that has, one, the longevity to stay in this profession for that long, and, and two, to be successful. So it's going to be nice right. to be able to watch um, her coach and, ha and how her players react to her and her system. Um, that's going to be very interesting to bring up. Because usually you're watching the players, in which they have some right. very talented players as well. But this is going to be nice to see such a storied coach as well in the tournament. Absolutely. Yeah. And then to, to get to talk to her just a little bit leading up to the tournament, uh, she's got quite a presence about her and, and uh, excited to watch them play. Well, it's going to be a great tournament. I know that um, the tournament uh, seed committee works very hard to seed the top eight teams in each division. So you have a pink division and you have a white division. Um, and I think that, you know, that's one of the things when, whenever it merged, it split into two, two, two divisions. Um, and so I, I think that's going to be a lot of fun to be able to see, um, you know, see how these out-of-town teams do against some of our local favorites in the tournament. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about um, the top eight seeds in the pink division? Yeah. So uh, number one seed, there, Kickapoo Lady Chiefs. Um, Bella Fauntleroy is quite possibly the, the top player in this tournament They're going to Baylor. And, and uh, they are, I believe, number three in the state. Um, presently in class six, but right behind them, I think a couple spots behind them in the state poll is Republic and they are the two seed. 
uh, in in Class Six, and then and not far behind, I believe uh, we have the Lebanon Lady Yellow Jackets. They are the uh, three seed, uh, and they are the number eight team in Class Six. So right there, the top three seeds in the Peak Division, all state ranked in Class Six, and, and we haven't even gotten too far down the bracket. So uh, speaks a lot to the talent um, that we have coming in. Cabot's going to be the four seed. Uh, in the pink division and then skyline um, they are um, i believe number uh two or three uh right now presently in in class three uh girls basketball so they are a five seed uh the number six seed is ozark uh, in the pink division and then rounding out the seeds is ava and i believe they are state ranked as well in class three i think they're number nine right now um i'm sorry they're class four number nine and then number eight uh, seed in that uh, bracket is Branson, the Lady Pirates from the Ozark Conference. So uh, very quickly in that tournament, uh, if seeds were to hold, we could have state-rate teams playing against each other just in the quarterfinals. So really excited about some of the matchups that we have uh, coming up in the peak division for this tournament. Well, and I'm telling you, some of these teams, it's it's a, it's a, it's a flip of a coin. It's going to come down to the wire. I mean, a lot of these games are going to be very competitive, and I think that's what's fun yeah. because, you know, the, the seed committee has a very difficult task because there hasn't been a lot of games played yet, so you don't really right. know who's going to be emerging and separating themselves um, but it, this is this is a great bracket. It really is. Um, Coach, oh, per- yeah. Coach Percival is, has um, the white division. You want to tell us who the top eight seeds are in the white division? Uh, yeah, we're looking at number one is from Georgetown, Texas, which, as we've already talked about, is is loaded. Will be really exciting to watch. Two uh, Lady Eagles from Nixa, and they're really strong as well, year in year out. Uh, three seed Lady Indians from Stratford. I've heard of them. Yeah. yeah a couple of, couple of times. <laughs> yes. Yes. They've, they had, some pre- they've yeah. had some pretty strong pink and whites in the last yeah. uh, several years. Not, not too bad anyway, huh? And then uh, the four seed is El Dorado Springs, which are, they have a couple of players on there that are that are worth watching. Uh, the Lady Scissors from West Plains. Coach Walmock does a great job there, the number five seed. Uh, the Lady Tigers from Willard come in at six. And... They're doing a good job as well. I've seen them a couple of times already this season, so they'll they'll be fun to watch. Uh, Blue Eye with Coach Ken Elfrank. They'll be the seventh seed, and they're always exciting to watch. Small school trying to make some noise. If you like up and down basketball, they're 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 a good ticket. And then the number eight seed would be the Camden Lady Lakers. You know, I mean, again, I don't know um, sometimes how you know how you pick how you pick these top eights because that is a, that's a great turn that's a great side of the bracket as well um anything to add to the white division jason uh, well i just looking at some of those you know, those lower seeds that we have i know camdenton's pretty strong early they've gotten some votes in the in the state poll uh, they're going to face central lady bulldogs who just beat uh, willard i believe recently who's a six seed in state rank so you know even in both of these brackets we have teams that didn't get a seed that have had really nice starts to the year. So we could, we could possibly see some upsets uh, in both the pink and the white in the first round. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. I mean, it, this is edge of your seat basketball uh, for four days starting on December 27th. It will be over at Drury University um, at the O'Reilly Family Event Center and at Wiser Gym. Tell us some logistics. They can follow um, the t- Twitter. What is the Twitter? Uh, yeah, it should be Pink and White uh, Classic, Lady Classic, um, would be the Twitter account. Uh, we've got uh, some other social media posts that will be coming out to the Springfield Schools 
athletics department as well. I know Greenwood and uh, Springfield schools, athletic sites will have bracket information uh, tickets uh, for the tournament. Uh, four day passes will be $32 individual day passes will be $10 a piece and uh, come on out and see some great post Christmas basketball. It's going to be a lot of fun. And I know you're excited. I mean, this is your first year in this position. I am. Yeah. I'm really excited. <laughs> you're doing a great job. You're doing a wonderful <laughs> well, job. I'm trying, Jenny. I know this has got a long <laughs> tradition and, and I just am coming over from Parkview where I've been for a few years and, just trying not to screw things up in my first year, but we've got a lot of great help in the in the office and from Greenwood and and coaches, and I'm just really really excited to throw the ball up at 9:30 next Monday morning. It's going to be a lot of fun, it really is. So follow that Pink and White Lady Classic Twitter. You'll get a lot of information. You can you can get the brackets. You'll you'll get a lot of information on that, and you'll get up to the minute um, scoring and, and updates. They will keep track of that throughout the tournament. Uh, we know that Marty Marsh worked very hard on this. We got to give him a little credit. He's done a great job with this. But Jason, absolutely, Michael, you are up to the task, and you're going to do a fantastic <laughs> job as well. <laughs> Thank you so much, Coach Hopkins. Uh, I'm enjoying it so far, and I can't wait to get started next week. That is wonderful. Well, appreciate you joining us tonight. Um, Thank you, coaches. Yeah, we'll we'll continue to sprinkle in a little pink and white lady classic, and then we're also going to shift over and talk a little Greenwood Blue and Gold tournament. So we, we've got a lot going on. We've got Mike Percival here, Don Luzader, and I want to thank Jason Michael. Thanks for taking the time to talk with us tonight. I appreciate it. Thank you, guys. All right, we're going to go to our next break, and we want to thank Great Southern Bank again for being our presenting sponsor. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. A Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins, and I want to thank Jason Michael for spending some time with us talking about the Pink and White Lady Classic. He's doing a tremendous job. Him and Josh Scott are a dynamic duo over at Springfield Public Schools Athletic Department, and we sure do appreciate them. And I want to thank uh, Coach Percival also for being here for the Pink and White Lady Classic. We're going to talk to Don Luzader here in just a moment about the blue and gold. You know, but, you know, Coach Percival, we, you know, you've been around the Pink and White for a very long time. Um, you know, it's, it's, it's such a great tournament tradition. It's, um, it's got a, a, a wonderful place in my heart. I mean, I was a player in the pink and white. I've coached in the pink and white. I was the tournament director, uh, for eight years. So, I mean, it is something that has always been something, a special tournament. Uh, what is it about the pink and white? Because you've coached in it. You were the tournament director as well. Um, what is it that now tournament coordinator? What, what is it that you, you know, like about the pink and white? It's just a special time of year. For, for a lot of kids and, and a lot of families, you know, come together for the holidays, and it's something that they can do together. I mean, I, I meet people all the time that talk about how many years in succession that they've been to the blue and gold or the pink and white, and, and it's a special thing for a lot of those people. You know what I think is cool, too, and this has been a flavor of the pink and white for a very long time. It's when the smaller schools get a chance to play the bigger schools. Um, oftentimes, you know, in their conferences, they're playing comparable size schools, and um, and obviously in the postseason – so this is a chance, you know, for when you were at Hartville to play a Parkview or, to, you know, to play a Kickapoo or, you know, to be able to have a smaller school go against those bigger schools. And um, that's something I think has been a longstanding tradition that coaches love. Yeah, a lot of coaches love that. And that's, that's the opportunity to be seen. Plus, it's, it's a task, you know, to get, a, get some of those bigger schools and try to compete and, and play at that level. And, and it's just an awesome, awesome time of year. You know, it also it's on a college floor, so they get to play, you know, in a college uh, environment. Um, 
but I have to go back to the nostalgic days of McDonald Arena. Uh, <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> McDonald Arena, which is um, the largest floor in the state of Missouri. It's actually military size. It's 100 feet um, by 50. A little fun fact for you. Um, but, you know, that was such a longstanding tradition because McDonald Arena had those old brown chairs with the glass backboards. I mean, sometimes your perceptions were off. It, if you were a pressing team, that was a challenge because you had to cover so much ground. Um, but, you know, we we had a lot of fun over at McDonald Arena when the pink and white was there. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we did. And the, the lines on the floor, the multiple lines. Right. Games, always... <laughs> they had to, the officials had to look two or three times. Are they oh, out? Yeah. Are they in? Yeah. Is was, that the free throw? <laughs> frequently happened when they'd have to stop a free throw and say, no, you need to step back here about <laughs> right. six inches. So. Yes. Well, definitely. I, I think, uh, Jenny, that that's part of what makes the – Blue and gold and the pink and white so special is the history of the tournament. And McDonald Arena, I mean, I I felt like I grew up in that arena yes. uh, because uh, my dad started taking me to blue and gold games there back in the early 70s. And then, obviously, the pink and white had a long run over there as well. And, and to me, and that's something the two co- uh, tournaments share in common is they both have a history of McDonald Arena. <laughs> and, uh, you know, it's just, it's unique and it's fun and it's what makes it, Special where we are. I mean, now you have JQH Arena. In between, you had Hammond Student Center over at Missouri State. Now you've got O'Reilly Family Event right. Center, all these new arenas. But we always go back to to the old days and the good old days, yeah. you know, when we first started going to games over at McDonald Arena. I think that's what makes it fun as well. Well, and a lot of times, you know, you, you can ask um, the players in the pink and white and blue and gold, raise your hand if you had a parent that played in the in one of those tournaments too. Sure. You know, it's generational um, you you will see generations uh, coming, you know, to like you and your father coming to mm-hmm. the, the the blue and gold. I mean, that is a family tradition of yours, and uh, we are very grateful for Missouri State University to host the blue and gold. We're very grateful to Drury University, their beautiful facilities over there. Um, Corey Bray does such a great job in the athletic department, and be able to just um, welcome the pink and white lady classic and let us have the the run of the facility is is wonderful, and we appreciate that. Um, so, you know, let, and, and coach, personally, you, you open up with Ava. You're, you're not only helping run the tournament, but you are coaching in the tournament. And so, yeah. you know, double duty. How, how, how is that going to go for you? Yeah, it's, <laughs> it's nice when you get up and start playing at 930 in the morning against a state ranked team. That'll always start your day off in a good <laughs> way. Right. So. Merry Christmas. Yeah, that's, that's our Monday morning. We've already talked about that. So, but it's, it's interesting. And I, I've been to numerous schools and been in the pink and white and, and it's always, an exciting time for us. Well, best of luck, um, and 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 stick around because you have also spent a lot of time at the Blue and Gold as well. So true. I am excited to to hear your input on this tournament as well. But let's segue over to the Blue and Gold and let's talk a little bit about um, this year's tournament. Sure. And the field of schools. Um, Don, you want to tell us a little bit? Yes. Let's. Um, you want to start with the Blue Division? Yeah, the Blue Division, and we have uh, number one seed is the Nixa Eagles. Something very special and a big storyline of this year's tournament will be that uh, the winningest coach in blue and gold history. Did anybody know who the winningest coach in blue and gold history Jay is? Osborne. Jay Osborne. 75 and 25 is Jay Osborne's blue and gold record. He has more wins than any other coach in blue and gold history. He passed Steve Hunter a few years ago. Uh, Steve Hunter has 64 wins in the tournament. Uh, the great uh, Russ Kaminsky uh, has 59 wins. But this is Jay's last year of coaching. He's hanging it up. Can he get one last title for the Knicks Eagles? 
We'll see. That we'll see. And congratulations to Coach Osborne yes. because Coach Osborne also is being inducted in the Missouri Sports Hall of Fame this year. So congratulations. Big honor and well-deserved honor. So Knicks is playing Mount Vernon, 11 o'clock game. Uh, the number two seed in the Blue Division is Kickapoo. Kickapoo will play Houston at 6.30 that night. And all the Blue Division first-round games will be over at Hammond Student Center. Uh, third seed Willard will take on West Plains at 9.30. And this all starts on Monday, the 27th, just like the pink and white. And we also have uh, fourth-seeded Catholic playing Clever at 2 o'clock. And then the fifth seed in the Blue Division is uh, the Skyline team playing Marshfield at 12.30. And then number six, Hartville, takes on Reed Spring uh, at uh, 8 o'clock that night. The seventh seed is Branson, who will play Mountain Grove at 5 p.m. And the eighth seed in the Blue Division is Fair Grove. It's a battle of the Groves, Fair Grove and Ash Grove. First game of the tournament, 9.30 Monday morning in the Blue Division at Hammonds Student Center. All right, let's move over to the Gold Division. Well, we have the Bolivar Liberators. They got a pretty good player over there named Kyle Polk. I got the chance to watch his team play in the state championship <laughs> game last year, and uh, he's a heck of a ball player, but he also has some great teammates. So Bolivar, the Liberators, getting the number one seed this year in the Gold Division. And the number two seed is Ozark. Ozark will, uh, and by the way, Bolivar plays Aurora at 11 a.m. on uh, Monday. And all the Gold Division first round games will be over at JQH Arena. Number two, Ozark will play Lebanon at 6.30 that night. And by the way, the two number two seeds in the blue and gold, Kickapoo and Ozark, met last night. And Kickapoo picked up a 68-62 win over Ozark. A very good ball game there. So we also have the third seed, Ava Bears, will take on Stockton in the late game over at uh, JQH. 9.30 p.m., the fourth seed in the gold is Stratford. They'll play Camdenton at 2 o'clock. The fifth seed, Darren Taylor's Greenwood Blue Jays, will play Spokane. I had the privilege of drawing his uh, Darren's uh, opponent out of the hat. <laughs> he, he, he was he was putting his, uh, his first-round uh, matchup in my hands. So, anyway, I drew Spokane. So, Greenwood plays Spokane at 12.30. And then at... Um, Let's see, that's the number five seed. So the number six seed in the Gold's Republic will play Buffalo at 8 p.m. Number seven, Rogersville plays Crane at 5 o'clock. And the eighth seed is Willow Springs. They'll take on Springfield Central, who's in the tournament this year, 9.30 a.m. The uh, Springfield schools rotate in and out every other year there at the Blue and Gold. Well, this is, this is excellent pairings. Um, and I think the seed committee, again, just like the pink and white, it's difficult to pick, um, especially this early in the season and and. I know that it's a very diligent process, and I think this is going to be, you're going to see some very competitive games. Um, I've been seeing some potential upsets again in the sure. first round, and I, I think there's, this is this is going to be some great contest. It really is. And I know that um, I want to give some compliments to Coach Darren Taylor because, you know, he's, he's running, helping with both tournaments. You know, I mean, it is, you know, the pink and white and the blue and gold, and then he's coaching in it as well. That's right. So, um, he's kind of, you know, like Coach Percival, he's going to have to juggle a lot this week. And so um, it, it takes a lot, but I know that uh, he's done a great job with the tournament. Um, we've had some great tournament directors. Let's talk a little history for the Blue and Gold. Um, but before we do, I want to take our, our final break. And when we come back, we're going to talk fun facts, Blue and Gold tournament. And uh, we're, we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna put uh, Coach Percival and Don Luzader to the test. I might have some trivia questions for them that we may get Uh-oh. to. <laughs> dun, dun, dun. Anytime um, Jenny's got trivia questions, that's <laughs> bad news. But we want to thank Highland Dairy for sponsoring this segment. Highland Dairy, they're owned by dairy farmers, and they've been providing a great selection of nutritious dairy products since 1938. From scientific studies and professional dietitians, the ideal sports beverage recovery drink available to athletes after a workout is chocolate 
milk. And Highland Dairy has the absolute best tasting chocolate. And they're a proud sponsor of A Coach's Perspective. We appreciate them and we also appreciate Greg and Melinda Burnett as they support local and thoughtful radio. We'll be right back here on A Coach's Perspective. Coach's Perspective. I'm Jenny Hopkins. I have Mike Percival and Don Luzader. Earlier we spoke with Jason Michael. We're talking holiday tournaments. I mean, that's part of the holiday season. You know, Merry Christmas, Happy New Year, pink and white, blue and gold, they all go together. So we we discussed um, the pink and white lady classic, and we've kind of segued over to the blue and gold, and we discussed their brackets as well. You know, Greenwood Laboratory School has been putting this on since 1947, uh, incredible. This is the 76th annual. And if you do the math in your head right now, that doesn't match <laughs> it's up. It's not going to so add up, is it? We got fun no. fact Luzader here yeah. that I like to call Don Newsader, and he's going to tell us uh, why that is. Well, the first two tournaments, uh, in fact, they weren't even called the Blue and Gold, and they weren't played around the holidays. They were played in February. The first uh, Greenwood Invitation Tournament, and I'm looking at the program cover right now, <laughs> February 12th, 13th, 14th, and 15th, 1947. Uh, it honored the late uh, A.W. Briggs and was played at the SMS Fieldhouse, uh, later came to be known as McDonald Arena. And uh, the second blue and gold Did you was... enjoy that first tournament? Oh, yes. Oh, I, I mean, I was just right there on top of all the action. I wish I could have been there, though. That's well, the I know, one thing. Right? I wish I could have been to games even earlier than I started going to them yes. so I could have seen even more of the history of the tournament. Second annual was also played in February 1948. Then, in 1948, in December, it moved to a holiday tournament format and was called the Blue and Gold. In fact, the program for the third tournament is called the Greenwood Third Annual Blue and Gold Holiday Tournament. Programs, by the way, were 10 cents back then. <laughs> and um, and so that's how it got started in December. It's been played in December every year since. Have you missed a Blue and Gold uh, since your, your father started taking you? That first year he takes you to the Blue yeah. and Gold Tournament. Have you missed since? Well, first of all, yes, I do blame my dad for this, who's, who's <laughs> listening right now. Thank you, Dad, for dragging me uh, as a two-year-old, three-year-old kid that was barely old enough to walk uh, with you to watch those basketball games. And we would uh, buy some popcorn and uh, sit up there in the uh, stands at McDonald Arena and watch games all day long. <laughs> and uh, even uh, Marshfield got out of the tournament for several years there. Uh, back in the, I think the later seventies, early eighties, we'd still go to the tournament every well, and your father's single an year. Athletic director, he was an athletic so director at Marshfield, work, but yes. then, was but then there we to just watch kept going anyway. Yes. Even when Marshfield wasn't in it, we we went. So, uh, nineteen eighty nine, I was home from college and I was sick as could be, uh, and so I missed the tournament that year. Uh, then also nineteen ninety four, I was working down in southeast Missouri. I couldn't get away from work and uh, missed it but then i moved back to springfield in 95 started working in radio here and have not missed a blue and gold tournament since so over uh, since 1972 i've missed two tournaments and i'm really upset at myself for missing both of those tournaments right. now so well hakuna matata though it's in the past so you can't do anything about it but you are still the most knowledgeable 
person about the blue and gold that I know, with the exception of an author yes. here locally yes. um, that has a new book out. Tell us a little bit about Robert Vestal's book. And this is a treasure. This is a keepsake. If you are a local basketball fan, mm. this blue and gold book is fascinating and filled with every ounce of knowledge you'd want to know about this tournament tell us about his book and then how they can order it well first of all robert um you, you remember the name bob shepherd he bob was the uh, tournament uh, historian for many many years in the blue and gold and then uh, when when his health uh, you know got worse over the years uh, robert vestal took that over and since the mid 90s uh, i think going back to 1994 robert has uh, kept the score books he is a scorer at the blue and gold tournament and he has uh, kept all the books and is uh, the official historian of the tournament now, and he signed uh, the book for me. Uh, Don, I hope you enjoy a little trip down memory lane, and that's exactly what it is. It is year by year, blue division, gold division, recaps of every single game, but not just recaps of the game, stories about things like who the officials were that year, who uh, ran the clock that year. What's that? <laughs> well, I said, oh, my goodness. Yeah. I mean, the amount of hours. Oh, yeah, just, just he, he worked together. on this book for 15 years. Right. In fact, he, he told me years ago, he said, I'm working on a blue and gold book. So every year I ask him with blue and gold, how's the blue and gold book coming? How's the blue and gold book coming? Uh, I think uh, I did hear him say on one of our shows here on uh, Jock that uh, he really got a lot done over the last uh, couple of years and was able to get this thing published. Of course, this isn't the first book he published. He's published two separate volumes of uh, the uh, the state basketball tournament right. in the history with, of Missouri State George Basketball Wilson, Tournament with yes. George Wilson. And so, but to my knowledge, and Robert can correct me if I'm wrong, and I'm sure he will, uh, <laughs> this is the first ever book published dealing with the history of the Blue and Gold Tournament. And, uh, you know, it, it, it talks about, you know, changes that the program underwent over the years, uh, how many people were, were at the arena on a given night for the finals. Uh, so uh, you see how what fine print this is. I mean, it's very detailed in the history of each year's tournament. Uh, who played who? Who scored the most points in the game? Um, you know, uh, who had the lead at halftime? Who came back to win it on the last second shot? Things like that. And he's done that for every single year of the tournament, 1947, all the way to 2020, 75 years worth. And then he has a section on familiar faces toward the back. And then a little bit of tournament trivia, and then he has uh, just tournament stats, blue and gold officials, all-time leading scorers, uh, team records in both divisions, uh, top 10. So it is, if you've been to the blue and gold tournament, and if you've played in the blue and gold tournament, there's a good chance your name is in this book. And so you can get a copy, you can order a copy by uh, sending an email to bg 75 years at gmail.com that's bg75 years at gmail.com and robert will make sure to get your order he is going to have a table set up at the tournament to where you can order the book i don't know how many copies he's actually going to have on site for you to buy uh you know he's he's trying to get some uh, some more books in i think as we speak but he will be there to take your order even if he doesn't have the book available and as soon as they're available he'll make sure that you get a copy and uh, look if if you've been to this tournament if it's an annual get together for you like it is for so many people just like the pink and white uh i would suggest that uh, you pay the 35 bucks to get this book it's well worth it 
I agree. And he's such a, a talented writer. So we appreciate Robert Vestal and the time he put yep. into capturing this history of this tournament. And he has spent a lot of time doing it. And uh, I have uh, picked his brain on many things over the years <laughs> and have looked through his score books. I've even been over to his house looking through score books, yeah. trying to get some of my own research done. And Robert is a 1980 graduate of Marshfield High School. Well, so he went to the same high school that I did. Uh, just uh, just a few years before me, but Both not that Blue many. Jays. So both Blue Jays, that's right. That's wonderful. Well, and and I tell you, I you know there is. I, I'm very grateful for the Blue and Gold Tournament because um because because my my children are here because of the Blue and Gold Tournament. What? What? What do you say? Wait that? a minute. Your children no, are here because of the Blue and Gold yeah, Tournament. That's exactly right. Th- so that's my, not in the book anywhere. No. Yeah. This, this is a, <laughs> the PG version. No. My um my mother in law uh first saw my father in law at the Blue and Gold. And that is where they met at the really? Blue Gold. She watched him play, thought he was cute, uh, went, went and met him, and love bloomed. And then, of course, you know, wow, they, they you know had my husband, and so yeah, I'm very grateful for the Blue and Gold tournament because my in laws uh, met and fell in love at the Blue and Gold tournament, and they they really know this missed. story. Yes. this is so cool. So that, you know, love blooms at the Blue and Gold. If you're single, no, I'm kidding. <laughs> <laughs> But it does, uh, you know, it is a family tradition, and and a lot of the players and um, kids love socializing at the Blue and Gold. You know, you got to you got to be in the Blue and Gold. What do you, what is it that you remember about your time with the Blue and Gold? I, I just remember vaguely because that was a few years ago. But just <laughs> being able to play in that type of facility with that type of crowd, you know, it's something that kind of sticks with you. Yeah. I wasn't a superstar or anything, but my career high was on the Hammond student. Well, I bet they, you your name is in this I book. I bet. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's great. Oh, we're so so excited um, about this blue and gold. Let's let's continue talking some more fun facts. But I also want to thank Bill Grant, Ford, and Bolivar for sponsoring this segment. They know cars, trucks, and SUVs, and they know service, and they know how to keep their customers happy and loyal. I have been one of them for over twenty five years. Kelly Grant and Shane Rainey will take care of you. You've got to give them a call at four one seven three two six. 7671. They will do a coast to coast search and find exactly what you want. We also want to thank West Logging, over 50 years of experience, family owned and operated, and professional timber harvest certified. Go to westlogging.com or find them on Facebook. Contact Danny West and he'll give you a free consultation. We're also very grateful for Craig Lehman with Shelter Insurance. So, you know, we, we are um, talking blue and gold tournament, holiday tournaments, all of that good stuff. Um, if there was one game, Don Luzader, yes. one game yes. that sticks out. I mean, you have been, this is a, a lifetime of tradition. Yes. Um, is there one game in the blue and gold that sticks out to you that's one of the best all-time games you've ever seen? There is, and it involves uh, a good friend of, uh, of your husband, uh, Scott Hopkins, mm-hmm. his friend Lane Hanna. And uh, Lane is um, was probably a couple of years ahead of me at Marshfield. And Lane, uh, who, by the way, I uh, Scott kind of reintroduced me to him after all these years, and I hadn't seen him in years, uh, and we talked about the shot that he hit. But uh, he hit a shot from half court, actually just beyond half court, in double overtime for Marshfield to beat Nevada in the first round of the tournament back in 1984 over McDonald Arena. Oh, wow. And um, and it was just an amazing shot. And I remember when he hit it, my, my dad and I were jumping up and everyone was going crazy from the Marshfield side because uh, otherwise the game would have gone to a third overtime. But uh, but Lane was the big hero. And, uh, and that's uh, probably my favorite moment. The other moment would be uh, I kept a scorebook for Marshfield coach Jackie Payne his first two years 
uh, in Marshfield. We had some pretty good teams. Uh, 1985, my junior year, we played Hillcrest in the Gold Division Championship. Before that, it was Ozark and Nixa. Or excuse me, Ozark. It was uh, Nixa and Nixon Kickapoo, right? Nixon Kickapoo. Um, it was so crowded that they would not let anyone else into Hammond Center. Uh, the fire marshal said no one else is going in. And so that was the biggest crowd, the biggest attendance in the history of the Blue and Gold Tournament, that finals night back in 85. And I remember just sitting down there on the bench looking up at all those people going, wow, this is pretty cool. Yeah. How many tournament directors have there been in the Blue and Gold history? Well, it started with Speedy Collins. He was the first. And uh, let me see if I can do this from memory. Speedy Collins, Aldo Sieben. Check, check. Larry Atwood. Check. And my dad knew Larry really well uh, over the years. Uh, let's see here. Then the next one would have been Mark Fisher, then Kent Hedgepath, and now Darren Taylor. Ding, ding, Let's see ding, if ding, I got ding. it right you here. Cannot, oh, Joe Phillips. I miss Joe Phillips. Joe Phillips. Miss well, Joe Phillips. A-minus, Joe right. was there. Joe was the tournament director in 1967 and 68. Uh, the longest serving tournament director, uh, 20 years, actually 21 years, it looks like, was Larry Atwood. And he was really the heart and soul. Of the Blue and Gold Tournament. Well, and I think he he took it to a different level. I think um, I don't I don't want to say he commercialized it, but he created a lot of excitement around it. Um, you know, and he he brought in uh, some elements that I think really took it to a new level. So yeah, I, I think that's uh, that's fair yeah. to say. Fair it to it say. grew a lot under his uh, it really under did. his leadership. It really did. Um, so you know, there's another part of the tournaments that we haven't brought up yet, and those are the delicious hospitality rooms. <laughs> <laughs> at the tournaments am i right they have their moments yeah yes <laughs> i just gotta say the greenwood parents oh my uh, goodness and yes. and i don't i don't know what it's like over at uh over the pink and white but i know that over at the blue and gold the greenwood parents uh just outdo themselves every year they have the most delicious food the most delicious uh, goodies left over and again keep in mind this is like the day after christmas and so we've all you know just We've eaten so much right. on Christmas Day, right. and then we go to a basketball tournament the next day, and they have this hospitality room full of wonderful food. And uh, and I remember over at Hammond Center, they had a great one there, even over at McDonald Arena, and now, of course, over at JQH Arena. And, um, and that's also, you know, you see coaches, administrators, officials together in there. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of stories told there in those hospitality rooms. Well, and you mentioned officials, too. There's a lot of officials that have a long history in the blue and gold tournament. And yes. That's a source of pride, too. So you have coaches that have coached in it for a long time, players, you know, that were able to play in it. But officials getting assigned the blue and gold and pink and white is a status. I mean, that is a status thing to to be able to work those tournaments. Um, and do you, I'm going to, I'm going to quiz you. Here's your trivia. Okay. All right. Which, I'll do this with my book close. All right. Which is the, um, what, what official has, has called the most bloom? Jimmy Wing. Well, there you go. He didn't even, he didn't even get out. It's like Steve Harvey asking a question on family feud. He you, called, you know it. He called every game, you know, back in the day. In fact, uh, over the years, I think, uh, back in those days, he did a lot of games by himself. Uh, there were very few officials in those first few, few blue and gold tournaments. As well, one of the officials that's in there that is is on the list mm-hmm. um, in the top is now currently the director at Greenwood. 
Dr. Ron Snodgrass. Yes. And he has, um, he's officiated the blue, he officiated the blue and gold. Now he's moved on as a Big Ten football yes. referee. Oh, you bet. Um, but he had a lot of uh, blue and gold games as well. And now um, is the director at Greenwood for the tournament. He's really come full circle with that. Uh, <laughs> and, and, you know, well, I mean, you, you've had him on officiating our trivia shows before. So he's yes. a super nice guy. And uh, Ron Snodgrass, 22 years as a blue and gold official. He called 104 games. He's a member of that prestigious 20-year club. Uh, uh, let's see here. Nolan McCauley, by the way, more years officiated than anyone. 37 years as a blue and gold official. Called 178 games. And then uh, next is one of my all-time favorite people, Jim Vaughn. Uh, Jim yes, called 162 games in 34 years. Actually, take it back. Mike Brooks uh, later surpassed uh, Jim Vaughn with 35 years. So 35 years for Mike Brooks, 34 years for Jim Vaughn. And then we have uh, guys like uh, Eddie Duggar, who's currently an official, uh, 26 years as a Blue and Gold official. Steve Miller, 23 years. Uh, Bill Keeter, 21 years. One of my favorites, Tim Turville, 20 years. Uh, Gary Schultz, 20 years. I think those are the main members of the uh, 20-plus club when it comes to a uh, number of tournaments officiated. That's incredible. It really is. Um, and there's a lot of coaches that have had some longevity as well. And um, just, you know, again, it's a traditional tournament. And, and to be able to have the communities come and support their teams um, during this time. And what I also see is the alumni. You see alumni at all of these schools because they're home for Christmas break, sure. you know, if they're in college or or maybe they are old enough now that they have their own kids playing in the tournament. So that's another flavor of these tournaments is you're going to see. I remember when I was coaching um, at these tournaments, I would see a row of former players, you know, in the stands. And I always loved that um, because, you know, they, they enjoyed it. And it was a chance for them to have a little bit of a reunion. And you always know where you can find someone. They come every year. They sit in the same seat every year. <laughs> yes. You know, um, Gosh, you know, I remember um, the guy who had been to every single blue and gold tournament who we just lost a few years ago. And um, help me with his name, Jenny. I'm, I'm, oh, gosh. <laughs> anyway, he never missed a, a tournament. He had been there for every single Dale Franska, every single one of them. And, I didn't um, interrupt you, but yes, that's correct. And, and Dale, I would always go visit him. I would pick his brain, watching history over the years. And, um, and it's just not the same without him. But there's a, there's a lot of others, though, who have kind of carried on that torch over the years uh, that Dale did. But he was always fun to visit with. But my point was, he, you, you knew where to find him. And you know where to find a lot of these people. They're sitting in the same seats, you know, every year. Uh, you'll find them in the hospitality room. They're creatures of habit, kind of like the, I am. And the table crew. I mean, you've yes. got Gary Ward and Jimmy Wright and, and, uh, and Rick Jester. And Rick and Jester. You're, you're going to see the same table crews, too. Yep. Rick so. Jester's been announcing Blue and Gold Tournament games uh, as the public address announcer, I want to say, since about 1975, 1976. That is so true. Um, it, it, it's, it's a great time of year. Um, Coach Percival, good luck. In the tournament, uh, you've Thank been you. doing some great things since you returned at Greenwood as the girls' basketball coach, um, and and we look forward to to continuing to see uh, you go in the right direction. So thank you for what you do. Um, I appreciate it. Appreciate and that. Best of luck to you. Yes, good luck, coach. Yeah, thank I almost you. every once in a while I walk by practice and I'm tempted to jump in and see see if I can get up and down the court still. <laughs> We're still waiting. Yeah. He's still waiting. <laughs> he tempts me all the time. That, that coaching still in your blood a little bit, That's too. Right. I think, well, so. yeah. There yeah. you go. But thanks for coming here tonight and talking a little pink and white lady classic and blue and gold. You're welcome. Thanks and for having me. Same to you, Don. Lose Thank Eric. you. I enjoyed Always it. wonderful, and I appreciate it. And enjoy the tournament this year. Steve. I'm looking it forward is. to it. It'll be great. 
All right, well, we're going to move into our post-game talk, sponsored by Springfield Yard Cards. If you need greeting cards in your front yard and you're celebrating something, you got to go to sgfyardcards.com. We also appreciate Story Construction, as they have been providing a high-quality industrial and commercial construction since 1966. Go to Story, S-T-O-R-E-E, dot com. We are going to be catching up with some coaches next week, but we're also going to be kicking off a new series in the new year on uh, a two-part series on the weirdest mascots in America. We're going to do some history lessons on some of the strangest mascots in America. <laughs> That's going to be fun, isn't it? <laughs> we'll we'll start we'll start a binder on that as well. <laughs> that will be fun, though. <laughs> yeah, that's going to be great. All right, well, let's move into our post game talk. This is a special one for me. Um, this is something that was uh, was close to my heart this last week. This week, um, I had the pleasure of watching a coach get the thanks and recognition he deserved. Uh, One of the hardest working football coaches ever, Coach Paul Moon Mullins, was recognized by a large crowd of alumni at Greenwood Laboratory School as they dedicated a new hallway to him. It is called Mullins Way because he had a way with his students and his athletes. He had a way of motivating them. He had a way of inspiring them. He had a way of holding them accountable. His players would say that they would sweat, they would cry, they would bleed, they would suffer together, and they loved every single minute of it. And they were also very talented and won championships. His way resulted in multiple players from his 27-year stint as a coach at Greenwood showering him with thank yous and stories of how they entered his program as boys and exited as men. The droves of players that showed up And this two-day celebration was amazing. And it's what we talk about on this show often, the power of coaches. Coaches, listen. Your words, your actions, your emotions, they matter. And they are being observed and dissected and embrace that responsibility. And one day, you may feel the power of Mullen's way. That is